Welcome everybody to All About Windows Phone Insight Podcast 103 and we're recording this if I look at my computer date on Wednesday the 16th of July 2014. I'm Steve Litchfield with me, the main man, I guess the editor-in-chief, Mr. Ray Blanford. Hello everybody. Yes, it's an exciting period for those in the Windows Phone world, particularly if you're in the UK because the 17th of July, which is tomorrow as we're recording, is probably today as many of you will be listening to this, is the launch day for the Lumia 930. Yeah, absolutely. And we we have two. I have one and Rafe has one, both technically loans, I guess, but um, we're in plenty of time to put them through their paces. And I was, we'll come to reasons why I may or may not want to, to have a 930 as my main device in a moment, Rafe, when you go through my, my three and a, well, 3,000 word review. But there's one overriding reason why I can't possibly use the loan 930 as my main device. And I wonder if you can guess what it is very quickly. I, I I don't know if there's one overriding reason. There's plenty of reasons I can think of to talk about, but I I could guess it's maybe around getting content onto it or rather taking content off through, through no. a micro SD because that's always a big deal for you. No, it's the colour. It's, it's the, the most color. shocking, horrible, <laughs> orangey, phosphorescent, glow-in-the-dark, neon. Th- I just Every time I get this out, people would stop and stare, and I'm sorry, I, even I couldn't do that. But, uh, well, I have to say, I rather like the colour. Um, when I saw this at the, the launch time, I was sort of a bit taken aback because it's certainly a departure from the cyan and the yellow and some of the reds and other colours that we've had before in the Lumia range. Um, and there's also kind of a, a lime green, which is al- also somewhat fluorescent. It's kind of those similar colours that actually been seen on the 630 and the 635 Lumia devices. Um, but I you know if you're if you if you can walk around with a bright yellow phone, which I know Steve's done in the past, I don't see why you can't <laughs> manage a, a bright orange one. It, honestly, for me, it is a bit too day glow orange. I would have maybe preferred a slightly uh, a subtler orange and more more orange as in the fruit kind of colour because this is um, it's sort of a, almost a pastel fluorescent orange if that makes sense. Um, certainly going to stand out from the crowd and on the shop shelves. It's going to draw the eyes. Um, we should probably say and make it quite clear that there are black and white versions of it available. So if you don't feel you can carry off uh, bright orange or bright green, you're in the Steve camp there, perhaps go for one of the uh, more boring colours. <laughs> I should point out that I haven't been walking around with a bright yellow 1020 because I carry it in the Qi wireless uh, charging shell, which is black. So to all intents and purposes, my 1020 looks black. So that's my, that's my workaround. Well, anyway. I, I'm colour matched on my Qi wireless charging shell for the uh, 1020, and I, I like the yellow. It's probably my uh, favourite colour of all the devices that have uh, come out of that Lumia range. I was partial to sign because that's what I had on the Lumia 900. Uh, maybe these colours colors will grow on me. I think perhaps the green um, for me is probably the pick over the orange. Um, but certainly I got this out, showed a few people, and they were quite taken aback by the courage. There were a couple of wows. And uh, talking to Microsoft about it, they actually said that these were very much the on-trend colours and uh, probably not giving any trade secrets away to say that neither Stephen or I are on the cutting edge of fashion but uh, (laughs) we're told that these are the on-trend colours and that people are anticipating them even more than they were the yellow and the cyan that we had before Um, well sometimes it's more difficult than others to take uh, Microsoft devices at their word but um, uh, having said that seen plenty of positive comment on this as well and as i say there are the more neutral colors available too but uh, we're being very superficial steve maybe we should talk a little bit more about some of the details of the handset 
Yes, well, the review went up today. I think I covered most aspects reasonably thoroughly. I deliberately skimped a bit on the Windows Phone 8.1 stuff because we covered that in so many pieces and so many podcasts over the last four or five months. It seems like we've had Windows Phone 8.1 forever, even though in reality it's basically been the developer preview on our various devices. But uh, let's start with the hardware. I think that the hardware is pretty impressive. Um, the aluminium shell, polycarbonate back, the the, the detailing right, left and centre is, is excellent. The display is generally excellent, but there were a few areas in which it's let down. I don't mean the glance screen. Um, it is a pentahole display, which doesn't make that much difference at that screen size at 1080p. But there were a few glitches. I don't know whether you saw the screenshots in the review, um, whereby, for example, in the web browser, things can really go basically very wrong when it tries to display uh, photos within web pages. Yeah, I've come across this just very briefly on the player I've had with it. It feels like there's still a few bugs to be worked out in the 930. Now, to be fair, this is fairly typical of smartphones just around the launch time. The 930, and this is kind of a subjective measure because I haven't really been able to put any figures into it. it. It feels like it's just a little buggier than kind of we kind of have come to expect from the Lumia range, where generally things have been quite good. You know, there's often been the odd artifact in some of the camera stuff and maybe that hasn't been tuned fully and actually this time around the 930 camera is tuned pretty well i mean that's really reflecting the fact the same module was used in the icon and in the uh, 1520 but yet there are a a, a few bugs that that come out and you will spot them in other areas i've just had you know an unexpected uh, shutdown which isn't really great news Uh, as i say i don't want to go too much into this because we haven't really been able to use them for enough time to really give it fair commentary but i mean perhaps it's not that surprising given that windows phone 8.1 is still relatively new and those who've been using the developer preview will know there are the occasional glitches there as well um but the one that seems to be with the screen there does seem to be a hardware-based one rather than sort of something in the software yeah, but I, well, I, my gut feel is that it might even be the, um, the the subpixel rendering and the way the web browser handles the screen. So I, I'm still confident they might be able to do something in software, but we shall see. No doubt we'll get a little flurry of updates for the 930 as we go on. Um, d- d- the camera was pretty impressive. It's obviously the 1520 camera, so we shouldn't be too surprised, but it was, as you say, particularly well-tuned. And I took a l- number of test photographs, admittedly in nice lighting, but to show it off to a best effect. But uh, you, 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 if you look at the detail, you could almost be... Beth- forgiven for thinking these were taken on the 1020. So uh, I think Nokia really has got this particular pure view, 20 megapixel sensor down, off down pattern. Yes, if they're going to standardize this across their Windows phones the next year or so, I don't think anyone can really complain. No, I mean, I think the thing to say about the camera here is, of course, it doesn't measure up to the 1020. You wouldn't really expect it to if you look at the kind of the raw specifications. But of these kind of, you know, 20 megapixel or around that uh, size cameras that we've seen in high-end devices that are then starting to use the oversampling, we've seen, you know, s- similar cases from, you know, Sony and others. I actually think Nokia have done the best job of it. You'd kind of expect that with their heritage in this area. And whether it's the right combination of hardware or the software processing algorithms, I suspect it's actually the latter one there, particularly the way we've kind of seen this camera improve from the early versions of the 1520. And it's kind of one of those advantages where the the 930 sort of coming a bit late and having had the 1520 available for a while has really worked out. And, uh, you know, I think as I say, the purists will be able to say, you know, the 1020 is still superior, but this is really a very, very good camera. And some of the extras you get in terms of the you know, 
ability to edit videos that you get with Windows Phone 8.1, but also the living images, some of which is maybe a little bit gimmicky, and there's still all the usual uh, companion software um, called Nokia, various types of cinemagraph, and all of that adds up to a pretty rounded camera experience, uh, particularly, I think, for the novice users, you know, just that, this idea of point and shoot. And so there's no doubt at all that the camera is one of the very strong elements of this Lumen yeah. 30 device. Yeah, although, as I pointed out in the review, they haven't quite got all the balls lined up in a row. And you can, things can work perfectly with the living images one moment, and then you switch applications a few times, and all of a sudden everything's static, and, and uh, you can't reframe directly from the camera roll, as you're supposed to do, as the, was happening indeed with the 1020 on the developer preview. So it's clear there are still some minor application updates needed. But uh, as Ray said, I think we give them uh, two or three weeks to just round off all the, the rough edges, and then we, we go from there. Yeah, I think that's right. And that applies to some of the other bits of software. In, in the previous podcast, we've been talking about updates to Xbox Music, and there are now a lot more uh, apps that can be updated in place, which we used to kind of think of uh, as built-in ones. That's one of the changes we've talked about in Windows Phone 8.1. It's not all of them. I mean, the, the browser is an example, one that's still built in, and uh, Steve mentions in the review that that's something that maybe needs to be updated for the, the screen bug we were talking about. The other thing I wanted to talk about with the sort of 930 is just the overall design. Now we've sort of done the color bit and I think the design is very attractive with the aluminium around the outside. It certainly feels very solid in the hand and you know, it feels yeah. like a you know, really well engineered product. This is a really subjective comment, but it doesn't feel quite as much like a, a traditional Nokia or maybe a Lumia device as some of its predecessors. It is quite a departure from what's gone before. And I thought this about the Lumia Icon, and obviously it's you know, the same device essentially as to the global release of the Icon. Whereas the 1520, it's very clear to trace the history back into the, to the previous design language in Fabula, as it was known. This is a bit of a, a departure, mainly because of that aluminium band around the edge. And so... For me, there's just a sense this isn't quite as instantly recognizable as a Nokia device, or we should sound it, now say a Microsoft or a Lumia device, as some of the previous models. That's particularly the case when you're looking at it from the front. It's just that slight idea that this could be a, a smartphone from almost any manufacturer. If you flip things around to the back, it, you, know, you do get some of the kind of the Nokia curves and typical design features around how the camera and the flash is done. Of course, there is still the, the Nokia branding on it. Incidentally, it's probably going to be one of the very last of the Lumia devices I would anticipate with uh, Nokia actually written on the back. I have to wait and see on that one. Maybe one or two more to come that have been uh, in development. Um, but overall, there, there's just this element that I would urge people to go and see it in person to see whether you like that design. It is a, a subjective thing, but it's just a slight shading of I'm not sure it's that kind of classic piece of Nokia design when you sort of look at it. The feel in the hand's actually really great. Um, and that's yeah, a lot, lot around the kind of the curve back, which has been drawn from the earlier devices. So although it looks quite blocky in pictures, you don't really get that impression uh, when you're holding it. And there's a lot to be said for the use of aluminium around the outside. It kind of gives it that premium feel. I think a lot of people like metal as a material compared to kind of the polycarbonate that's been used. And what you've got with the 930 is effectively glass front, um, metallic sides and polycarbonate back and actually combining those three things together does add up to something that feels like it will stand up really well but also has a it, it, it just feels like a bit more of a mixed device in the hand so i'm you can probably tell i'm blowing hot and cold on whether i like <laughs> it or, or or not i mean ignoring color and everything like that it, the 1520 feels like a more traditional lumia design and the trouble is when you do something new, it's always the shock of the new and something a bit different. I may well come to like the um, 
the 930 more over time as I use it. Been interesting on kind of report back on the future. But did you get any of that sense of not quite the same design as we've had before, Steve? No, because I, I see what you mean about the metal around the outside, but we did have this on the 925. Mm. And there's also the, the kind of the pillow back. Now, part of the reason there's kind of this kind of convex polycarbonate back on the 930 is because Nokia very wisely, in my opinion, included the Qi wireless charging, which is a great feature and saves you having to put on a clunky, you know, extra plastic shell. But having that those coils in means that the back has to allow room for that, which means the back has to be slightly convex, which gives it that kind of pillow feel that we've been used to from the fabula design language. So I I take what you, you, you mean about the, the aluminium sides. I do like the feel of metal in my hand, and I think that the 930 is incredibly well built. I did notice, Rafe, that the um, the aluminium case also part serves the function of being part of the RF system, the, the aerials. I'm not entirely sure which frequencies and which bands each half services, but um, if you notice on the, at the end, there are two bands cutting off the, the, the metal uh, with ins- insulators, so that just like they did in the original Apple iPhone 4, uh, except that unlike the Apple iPhone 4, these these insulators aren't anywhere where your fingers are going to cover them in normal use. So hopefully there'll be none of the, uh, uh, the signal problems they have with the uh, the iPhone. But really, really nicely built. Um, be, I'd like to go on to just talk briefly about the glance screen, if you may, unless you've got any other points about the metal. Well, I was just going to say you're right about the you know, conduction and the insulation, but also because, of course, it's got the polycarbonate back. Actually, for the most part, the you know, radio performance across Wi-Fi and everything else is excellent for the most part from certainly the testing I've done so far, which isn't always true of the all-metallic uh, phone. So it is something that stands out, and there's plenty of other things to like about it, like the fact there are the four microphones on there so it can do the really high-quality yeah. recording. I mean, it's perhaps less of a, feels like less of a new device because the Lumia icon has been out in the States uh, for a while now. One thing to note that's kind of unique to the UK market with regard to the Qi charging you mentioned is the fact that in the UK they're going to come with the kind of smaller wireless charging uh, puck that Nokia does and the one that works over USB in the box. And that's going to apply to every 930 sold in the UK. And I think it's absolutely great to see a Qi wireless charging accessory included in the box. And there is actually yeah. a standard charger as well. But that's the sort of move you need to do to actually get people to adopt wireless charging because there's always a reluctance to buy that extra accessory so I mentioned in an earlier podcast if you do a pre-order you'll actually get some extra goodies including another wireless charger one of the new bluetooth wireless speakers and a 20 pound app voucher but actually i was really pleased to see you know chi come back in and sort of not just be included as kind of a thing you might want to do but you know, with a wireless charger, I would imagine it's going to get a much higher usage level. But um, we've talked about kind of the, the good aspects, and I'm pretty sure the glance screen is going to be one of the things you really don't like, because for me, it was the, probably the biggest downer of this device. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do have a theory, though, Rafe. I always have a theory on the podcast. Oh, let's hear it, Steve. <laughs> this week's theory is that Nokia, like any other company, has to find suppliers for its different components. Nokia doesn't make screens. Now, the 1020 and the 925 both had excellent screens. Um, we're talking AMOLED, we're talking 768p Pentile. Um, and you didn't really notice the fact they were Pentile. You, they, they, they seem perfectly pleasant enough in day-to-day use, but there is a bit of a specs war going on, and I think Nokia really had to nail the 1080p resolution aspect. Um, and they managed to find a supplier for 5-inch 1080p screens, um, 
Pentol, it had to be Pentol if they wanted to go AMOLED. And also, I presume that, that this supplier could only supply them without the needed, quote, display memory, special electronics that maintains a certain information on the screen at a very low power, low power state. So I'm guessing it's simply a matter of supply and demand. Nokia may well have wanted to get 1080p and RGB with display memory, but that would have cost a lot of money. And maybe they just couldn't get them at the right price or couldn't get them at all. So they, so basically we've had to settle for what we've got in the 930, which I think is probably good enough for most people. Yeah, I mean, I think common sense dictates that you're spot on there. Um, just to be clear, the glance screen is the, the kind of the time and the status icons that will appear all the time on the device if you choose, or you can have the kind of it appear when you move your hand over a sensor or something like that. So glance screen, probably my favorite single feature in terms of combination of software and hardware. I've liked it since we had sleeping screen back in the Symbian days, and it's been a, a favorite feature of mine on the 925 and other devices as well so it, just from a purely personal point of view you know it, it really upsets me well maybe upset is too strong a word but i'm disappointed it's not on the 930 it's probably enough to make me say i wouldn't buy this device uh, myself but everyone's going to measure that slightly different of course one of the things we have to do when we're reviewing the device is try and weigh up how important that is to some people uh, i think steve's right there for a lot of people it won't be a major issue because it's not like you can't you know, still touch the uh, lock button of the device and have it turn on and see the time where it you, what you don't get is that ability to kind of leave it propped up on your desk somewhere and use it as a clock and a quick glance yeah. to see the status icons i suspect if i once i start using it for a, a longer period i was like get used to not having that because i've certainly used plenty of other devices that don't have uh doesn't have that kind of glance screen or yeah. the uh, equivalent on it you, know, you look at things like the iphone and some of the devices in the android world have equivalent technology but not certainly not all of them I can't believe it was something that Nokia said, well, we're not going to have that anymore. It's absolutely down to the fact there is changing screen technology. And I suspect this is a case of having 1080p was more important than having you know, glance screen compatible. They may have been able to do it, but it would have cost, you know, an extra, I don't know, let's say $10, $10. You know, what price is it acceptable? A lot of people out there who want it can say, oh, I'd have happily paid an extra £10 if I got it. Well, would it be £20, £30, £40? And actually, for something like that, you know, in a device where it's got a probably a bill cost, um, that's pulling a figure out the air, maybe $250, $300, actually adding, you know, $10, $10 or something I don't would have been a significant cost. So it, it's a shame, and I hope it's something they kind of look into and fix for their supply chain issue. But it's kind of an example of one of the problems that Nokia will have now that it's not in kind of the big smartphone manufacturer as it was five years ago and not pushing the same volume of devices uh, it won't always have first call on the supply chain moreover you know people like samsung and sony and others will often have access to yeah. their own supply chain and understandably may give themselves priority in theory that's not always meant to happen there's kind of competition and regulation stuff around that but I have no doubt at all that it, it will happen. It may well be you know, a factor going forward as we continue to see hardware innovation. So uh, a real shame. I mean, Steve, is there anything else on the 930 that kind of ticks your disappointed box? I'm guessing there may be something around micro SD and maybe even the removable <laughs> battery or lack of it, I should say. Yeah, the, the storage is interesting. I mean, I had 32 gig on the 1020 and I was actually quite happy. I had 32 gig on the 920 before that, and I was quite happy. So although I, I everything within me, the geek within me says, I want micro SD and I want a 128 gigabyte card. In practice, even I struggle to fill, fill 32 gigabytes unless I go crazy with sideloaded media. So it re that really isn't an issue anymore. The sealed battery may be, I mean, it's, it's not a huge battery, 2400 or so milliamp hours. 
And with a 1080p screen, especially if, you, if the brightness is fairly high, if you're in a you know, bright environment, and you're using a lot of white-themed applications, things like web browsers, um, uh, Outlook, email, and so forth, uh, you can quite easily find ways to, eat, to use up your power before the end of the day. But against that, you've got the Qi charging built in. And, and as you say, with, with every box containing a plate, there's no reason for people just not to have, have that on their desk or have that in the kitchen, have it in the bedroom. So wherever they want to put their phone down, in theory, it could just always be topped up. So oh, I'm going to give Nokia a pass on both counts. That's interesting. I think the Qi charging one is particularly interesting. I do notice my devices that have that are ones that generally don't run out of battery quite so often. They're, they're of course, still you know days where you're out all day and you don't have any sort of access to charging whatsoever and you know, all the devices will be a problem. And actually, uh, it seems from the 930 from what I've played so far and certainly looking at people's experience with the icon, actually the battery life is, is pretty good. There's not, not anything it's not an outlier in either direction. It will do, do a day for most people. But I do find with the Qi, you know, I'm actually topped up most of the time because I have one where I work and then one beside my bed. And that means most of the time, actually, the battery is well above 50% because I'm not gone from a, a sort of charging solution for that long. And for the times when you're not, I still would say that the kind of the portable USB battery chargers yeah. That's something like Nokia's DC19 or one of the third-party ones from a company like Anchor kind of fill in that gap. Um, and when you consider that, you know, by not having a removable battery, the whole device does become uh, more robust and actually you get this rather beautiful kind of uh, pillowy back, as Steve describes. Yeah. If you were trying to take a battery and get that in there, it would break up the line somewhat. So it, it's interesting to see, especially Steve, who I think it's fair to say has been one of the more ardent fans of removable battery and storage. But uh, anything else about the 930 that, you know, stops it being you know, perhaps your first choice device, Steve? In saying it's not my first choice device, it's being a, a bit hard on it. I mean, it, there are, but there are some other stunning smartphones around. I mean, things like the, the Galaxy S5 and the LG G, G2 and G3. There are some really hot competition at the moment for Nokia, and that's what, what I tried to build into my summary in the review. It's a great thing that the 930 is priced where it is, especially considering it includes that Qi charger, because at you know at £500 plus, it just would not be able to compete and hold its head up. But I think it, for, is it 430 or so in the UK? I think that's a realistic price. Um, would it be my absolute first choice device of any, if you pick any smartphone in the world? Possibly not, but I, it would certainly be in the top 10, it just, even without the glance screen. And I think just when once Nokia have knocked some of the early bug, you know, the, the imaging pipeline of all these different apps juggling images around, once that's been fixed and that works, once they've got the web browser image rendering work, working properly, once they've stopped the, you know, the random reboots, um, the, these, I tend to think, are fairly small bugs. If these can be fixed uh, and uh, presumably battery life, it just tweaked a little bit as well. I, I think Nokia will have a kind of winner with the 930, especially the, the colours will certainly help it stand out. The, the, the live tiles on the shop floor will certainly again help help it stand out as a windows phone and with the, the triple wide as a de default layout again it says oh this is different this is not the old windows phone this is a new more 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 subtly complex that they can fit more information on the screen at any one go so i think the 930 could do pretty well and i'm, I'm generally optimistic even if it's not my number one in the in the, in the world yeah I, I would say i share the same same view as you it's interesting. I don't feel the, 
the hardware in some ways moved as far forward as I was perhaps expecting you to when you're comparing it back to the 925 a year ago. But perhaps that's sort of representing the fact that actually this is the global version of the icon and some of the excitement does go away from that. But of course, for a lot of people, they won't have heard about the icon and they certainly won't have seen it in the shops. The other factor that we haven't mentioned at all here is Windows Phone 8.1. And that is a big, big improvement. We've talked about that a lot on the podcast. And for a lot of people, it'll be the first time they get to experience 8.1 because um, we'll, we'll touch on the Lumia Sign update in a minute, but not everyone is running developer preview and particularly when you're doing a direct comparison i think what's interesting about the 930 is there's both a very significant software and a, a pretty major hardware upgrade as, here as well um, the 15 tw- the 1520 kind of uh, spoiled some of the thunder of that new hardware platform but for a lot of people that was going to be a too big device it was never going to be there and so actually this is kind of the first of the mainstream new snapdragon 800 windows phone devices with the you know 1080p resolution the 20 megapixel camera so i think for us it's actually quite difficult sometimes to step back from that sort of commentator's view and say oh it's kind of what we're expecting more of the same actually there's more to like about this than kind of maybe first meets the eye and uh, i think what steve was saying there about it you know, competing with other devices particularly opposite in the sense that a lot of the time before on this podcast, we've sort of been talking about Windows and sort of saying it's almost as good as, or, you know, there's still work to be done to catch up. It feels like the 930 is one of the first Windows phone devices where you have to make far less excuses about it, or there's fair less, fair, fair fewer caveats. I mean, yeah, we've still made some and, um, it, it, for smartphone geeks, it's probably not going to be the first one. I think it's still the overriding app issue and a lot of people still don't like Windows phone. Um, I think a lot of that is kind of mere exposure effect stuff in that they're not familiar with it. And you see when people talk about Windows phone, um, particularly 8.1 and some of the reviews, there's actually a lot of misconceptions and stuff that's just wrong out there because people haven't had a chance to use it and try it out. Now I'm not pretending that there's any big large scale dramatic changes. Uh, but I do feel that there, there is a closure of that gap for smartphone geeks. But more importantly, for kind of the sort of people that are looking to buy a smartphone want something high end, but don't obsess over every last feature and perhaps aren't quite so app mad as some people. They'll look at the 930 and they'll find hardware that is comparable to anything else on the market. Once you, you know, when you get away from the exact, you know, it's not a Snapdragon 805, but it is quad core and it's, you know, it's right up there and the camera is really excellent. The screen's excellent. There's far fewer things where you can point out that actually there's a, a hardware difference that you'll really notice. And the same is largely true of the software. If you're not really looking to push it, I think the app gap does remain, but for a lot of people that won't matter. And above and beyond that, there's a lot of reasons why you might want to choose, uh, a Lumia device and Windows Phone. We talked about the quality of the camera, but there's also the kind of design element that some people prefer that they like that. And then Windows Phone itself, uh, it remains probably the easiest of the smartphone operating systems to pick up and use as a complete novice user. Now, there are very few of those out there, but there are a lot of people who are just actually looking for the simpler experience and they don't need the complexity of Android or they don't want uh, an iPhone for whatever reason. I think, let's be clear, the iPhone still remains very easy to use. It's still probably give the nod to Windows Phone. It's interesting if you talk to people who really haven't used smartphones much before, you will find a lot of people like Windows Phone. It's one of the reasons that um, Microsoft's always talk so proudly about the net promoter score the likelihood of people to recommend it and you can't actually fake those numbers uh, their big problem is still that they've got relatively low conversion you know, people are aware of it and they may consider it but they don't actually go ahead and buy it the people who buy it are generally quite happy and they have satisfaction levels very similar to that of 
um, iOS and actually generally ahead of all the Android devices. Um, so I think the 930 is going to be good for Nokia at the high end because it's a competitive offering and it will fulfill all those boxes. I still think the problem they will actually have is converting people from thinking about buying it to actually buying it because there is such great competition out there. The LG3 or the Z2 or the S5, any one of those you could pick out as the flagship Android device, maybe the M8 as well. Of course, we've got the iPhone 5S and the iPhone 6 around the corner. And you know, a lot of consumers, even if they're not really into their phones, are kind of aware of that, or they're bombarded by the advertising campaigns from Samsung, from Apple, from HTC, and everybody else. And of course, uh, Microsoft is only a relatively small player in that space. It's it's interesting there for people that have been following Nokia for a long time. There is kind of a readjustment, a rescaling of what uh, that both their sales and their opportunity is. Um, but I do think the 930 is well positioned to get there. I will be interested to see how they fill out the rest of the portfolio for the rest of the year. I'm sure there's going to be a, a low-end device. We've talked about that in previous podcasts, and there's more to come for the Christmas market. Um, I would still choose the 630 as the better overall device. I just think there's more of a gap between the 630 and its competitor at that price point, whereas at 930 at the top end, it's much closer in terms of the competitive landscape. Um, but we've, we've been talking a lot about the 930 overall like Steve, I find a lot to like about it, and certainly I'm going to be using it as my main device for the next few weeks, and we'll uh, report back on how that goes in a future podcast. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Lumia Science several times there. We should just mention we before should. we wrap up this podcast that uh, it has officially started rolling out. Now, we had a couple of uh, full starts in a couple of markets where Nokia were just, uh, or I should say Microsoft, just testing the rollout procedure to see if anyone had any major issues. And it seems they've started for real a couple of days ago, starting with the Lumia 625, which is a large screen device from 2013, and the 925, which is the, uh, the, the metal frame device we mentioned earlier in the podcast. So those two have now got, got their Lumia sign over the air update in most markets I think it's fair to say we haven't seen it on any other devices yet rumour has it the 1020 and 1520 are getting it over the next 24 hours so maybe by the time you listen to this podcast there'll be a you know a flow story up or rumours going around the net and you can it's on Twitter and Google Plus and you can go and uh, you can go and check that for yourself on your own devices yeah that's right I mean just to give some clarification there's a usual listing on the Nokia site about uh, which products it's available for and uh, I would say it's actually relatively few devices right now. For example, in the UK, the 625, the country variant, that's kind of the SIM-free one, is available, as is the Vodafone, but the EE, the O2, and the Virgin one aren't available yet. Their market is under testing, which means um, they're kind of waiting for the kind of approval to go through. And similarly for the the 925, um, it's actually only currently available uh, for the Vodafone variant. Vodafone have actually seemed to have been quite proactive in doing their testing. Uh, applies in a lot of European countries as well. The only advice here can be, you know, be patient. Go and check the uh, Nokia support site. It is still the Nokia.com support site where you'll be able to find this listing of what's available and you'll see it. It's the same thing we had for Lumia Amber and Lumia uh, Black. But it, it is a pretty significant update because... It's not just delivering Lumia Sign, it's actually delivering Windows Phone 8.1. Yeah. Um, a lot of people will have upgraded using the developer program and so they can, they'll see fewer differences. But even if you're just getting the Lumia Sign component of it, there's a few tidying up of the Nokia software bits we've talked about. Device Hub is a, a nice extra that you'll, you'll get, although again, you could have um, installed that before. And that's the ability to, to from your device, see other devices that you can interact with around you and think, Things like DLNA for 
um, putting your pictures up on a, a TV or playing music onto a, a remote speaker or something like that. And actually that rather nicely links into the App Store for apps that are kind of compatible with the technology for whichever device you're trying to interact with. And we've talked about living images. We've talked about some of the other updates that are available. There's actually things for things like here maps as well. And if you're moving up from Windows Phone 8.0 to 8.1, you know, it's much bigger than that point one uh, might suggest. Yeah, yeah. We've listed in the science story some of our favorite features of 8.1. For me, it's it's still more than anything else about um, Action Center and some of the choice on how you lay out the tiles. But everyone, I think, will find their favorite feature. And more to the point, they'll actually start seeing apps that weren't possible before on 8.0 are, are available on 8.1. The video editors being a great example of that, but there's plenty yeah. of others. So you get the core software, you get the third-party apps, and then you get kind of the Nokia software on top. And that adds up to a really quite big update. I mean, we, we look at updates um, all the time, but this is a pretty significant one. I mean, I, I, out of all the updates, one that it comes kind of closest to, I suppose, is going from something like iOS 6 to 7, but even that was more about visual changes than functionality. Yeah. Uh, of all the you know, big smartphone platforms, I think this is probably the biggest update we've seen for in place for existing devices for quite a few years now, Steve. Yeah, yeah, but did, as we just finished the Football World Cup, I can go with a football cliche. It's <laughs> going to be a year of two halves, Rafe. It is. <laughs> I think uh, as whatever it is, I don't know, it's 50, 60, 70, 80 million uh, Windows Phone users get Windows Phone 8.1, basically handed them on a, on a plate, and all of a sudden they'll notice these new features, the new the user interface tweaks, the new start screen, all the stuff under the hood will just start working. Um, yes, taken overall, Windows Phone 8 to 8.1 is a huge change. I'd liken it just for the real old hands listening to this to going from DOS 4 to DOS 5. Yes, okay, go and look it up in a museum. <laughs> but um, yes, it's a really big operating system jump and interface jump, and it's uh, it should really have been called Windows Phone 9, of course, but they had to stay in step with the, the, the desktop version, which is fair enough. I think that a lot of users will get 8.1. We'd be very pleased they'll recommend it to their friends, and I think, if anything, um, the second half of 2014 could be a much bigger period for for Windows Phone than the first half, which has been a bit of a disappointment so far, but I think things are actually looking up from here on in. It is, and actually if you look at the numbers, there's definitely been a dip in some of the sales of devices. You kind of expect that with you know a whole bunch of new devices, or rather 8.1 coming out, but things like the uh, Kantar numbers that we talk about regularly, they've seen a dip in the European markets. It was around the kind of 10% of smartphones being sold. It's gone down to sort of 8 to 9%, depending uh, which market you look at, and in some markets it's been big. In some markets it's gone up, you know, it, it, th those things are never one pattern everywhere, but there's definitely been a, maybe a decrease in sales in the first half of the year compared to the second half of last year which was so much driven by those low-cost devices so it will be interesting to see what 8.1 impact has we'll probably have to wait a while before it really happens because of course it's going to take a while for these devices to roll out and we're halfway through july so the full impact won't be felt probably until the fourth quarter uh, of this year and we may well have more devices by then you know we've talked about the the 630 being you know a rather a stellar device but pretty sure we're going to see the 530 before uh, too long and that's going to come in one assumes around the 80 pound 90 pound price point in the uk that's going to be interesting device hopefully we'll be able to talk about that in in the near future there's certainly been enough rumors around it and yes, it does make for a sort of a good second half of the year. I mean, whenever we talk about this, we always get comments saying, you know, try and be realistic. Don't be so positive about Windows Phone. Well, it's partly the nature of this podcast. We are talking about Windows Phone. And so we, you know, we'll talk about where we see it going. Um, but it probably is worth putting in the caveat 
but there's still an awful lot of work to do. I mean, even in the markets where it has got to 10%, and Microsoft has talked about the various numbers at its recent WPC conference, you know, in terms of there's 26 places where it's outselling the iPhone. Well, that probably means there's about 160 places where it's not outselling the iPhone. And so those numbers can always be um, a bit misleading. But it does seem to be that Windows Phone is well on the way to getting that 10% barrier in plenty of markets, not just a few of the Western European ones that we've talked about. The the big... (laughs) stumbling block is still as it has been for the last sort of year or so china and the u.s i I wonder whether they'll start to overcome that it's going to be something we'll be watching really closely over the next uh six months to well even into 2015 because it's kind of the the, the proof point and you know we've had microsoft with their ceo satan nadella talking in their most recent kind of memo that's gone out about mobile first cloud first so there's no lack of uh, kind of desire and momentum from microsoft Um, but as we've seen before um, through the years with nokia particularly after its sort of post-symbian days and where things were really they did really badly even if you kind of get good devices and maybe even the right strategy out there it's not in isolation there will be plenty of other things going on we've got android l coming soon we've got ios 8 and so that needs to step up will certainly still be there at the high end so i suspect it might still be the low end that drives a lot of windows phone success in the second half of the year and certainly getting 8.1 on those low-end devices makes for a very compelling device i think it sort of gives windows phone a bit of that boost which it, it maybe had some of its um the wind taken out of its sails by devices like the motorola e it's almost kind of the response to that now that we'll, we'll see coming in the second half of the year so really interesting to watch yeah so people accusing us of having rose tinted spectacles they, they, they are tinted because it's very sunny out there and they help a lot but <laughs> i do think we we don't live on an island right you both you and i have android and iphones on our desk and we we're very much aware that the, the windows phone is competing with two, two operating systems that are more better established and in android's case much larger and hopefully the, the the certainly the summary of my 930 review on on the site reflects that it just shows that i am very much aware that 930 is in a competitive market marketplace and i know that you're very much aware of that as well yeah and looking ahead steve um, we've talked about the 930 camera and things like that can we expect to see some camera comparison bits from you before too long because i know that's one of the things that people will ask about particularly given that lumia sign actually has some specific camera updates for that module yeah, well, one of the things I'm going to do is when my 1020 gets its over-the-air update, I'm going to, before I actually apply the update, if I deny myself the pleasure of pressing the update button, I'm going to go ahead and take some specific test shots where I know the light will be constant and the same an hour later, then hit the update, do the one hour or so it takes to do the Lumia Sun update, and then go out and take, take the same shots and see, see what improvements or changes there have been. I'm also going to do some camera head-to-heads with the 930, just because I know it's the same camera as the 1520, but maybe they've made some some tweaks and who knows what's different under the hood so again I'll, I'll put that together head to head with one of the other comparison devices i've got so there will, will be more to come um, on the new 930 i linked to a load of other stories from the review because i thought there's no point in me writing all of this out again it was already three thousand words and i linked to about another 15 stories so just go knock yourself out follow all those links and there's plenty of background to the device but um yeah more to come on the 930 i think in the coming two weeks Excellent. And a big thank you for Steve for getting that review up. I've only just had a chance to get my hands on a 930. I have seen an icon at various times in early prototypes. And I'll be sharing my own opinion.
opinion both on the podcast probably also get a, a video review up at some point and maybe some commentary on some of the the new parts of uh, windows phone 8.1 and and lumia sign because we haven't covered all of them on the site we talked about many of them but i think that's probably a good place to bring to an end this week's podcast yeah. we always value your feedback as ever you can reach us on twitter via email and any other communication channel leave a comment below uh, in the comment thread associated with this uh, podcast and uh, we always love getting feedback and we'll be interested to hear what you think about the 930 whether you're planning on getting one but uh, plenty more to come in future podcasts so i'll say thank you very much to steve for joining me for this podcast and ask him to say goodbye to our faithful audience goodbye to the faithful audience we will catch you next week on the insight podcast <laughs>